Each October, we place around 1,000 crosses on our Rookie Road property that you may have seen when you, before you came in to symbolize all the children lost to abortion and to remind all of us that there's, that there's an entire class of human beings that do not have the right to live. This year, it's different. Since the Dobb, decisions in, Dobb decision in June, there is a new battle for life here in the state of Michigan in the form of Proposal 3, the so-called Reproductive Freedom for, for All proposal, which legal experts describe as perhaps the most kind of um, lax or the most extreme abortion measure in the entire country. A couple weeks ago, Bishop Boyer had all the priests of the diocese speak about this evil proposal at the pulpit but given the increased confusion around this and given the gravity of the matter, I want to speak about this proposal with a little bit more detail. But before I do so, I would like to briefly go over some reminders about, on the topic of abortion that I've preached about before in order to give context to my comments. Number one, remember that regardless of the, the difficult circumstances surrounding abortion, circumstances that a woman finds herself in because she's been lied to by culture and because of the breakdown of, of responsibility in our culture, abortion is always wrong. It's always wrong because it is always the intentional killing of an innocent person. And therefore, we need to remember that we shouldn't confuse this with ectopic pregnancies or any kind of procedure that would be necessary to save the life of a mother. And this is what people are saying today. An ectopic pregnancy or a situation in which the mother must be saved and sometimes in those situations a, a baby must die are not abortions at all. That's an entirely different moral category. And we need to remember that in the state of Michigan, these things are already allowed by law. So don't listen to those people that are trying to confuse the issue by bringing up those two topics. Number two, we need to remember, and I preached about this in May, that one of the major reasons why people are pro-choice is because outside of God's mercy, it's very difficult for people often to face the reality of abortion if they've been involved in one. We need to remember that abortion hurts people, and there are a lot of people who are wounded by it. And so we need to have utmost compassion and tenderness toward people when we talk with them, and perhaps when they disagree with us. And I recognize that as I preach on this again today, that I'm doing so with, with, with care and sensitivity toward, toward some of us who might, who might find this topic to be very difficult. The third point is we need to remember, and I preached about this in 2020, that according to St. John Paul II, it is false and illusory to advocate for rights, for all sorts of other rights, if the right to life is not defended with maximum determination that this is the foundation of all other rights. Or as Pope Francis would say, if there is no right to life, no other rights matter. And finally, just remember that we're in a spiritual battle. Our enemies are not those who disagree with us. Our enemies are principalities and powers. It's Satan, it's evil spirits, it's deception, it's sin. And so we need to remember that when we come across people or positions, or more, more, more or less people, who have been fooled and deceived by the enemy. They're not our enemy. We have an enemy. And Jesus Christ has overcome that enemy, and he's doing so in and through us. So with that said, I want to offer five points this morning about Proposal 3, and I'll end with a few action items. Virtually everything I'm going to say here, I've received and I've, I've gained from legal and medical experts in the state of Michigan, especially through the Michigan Catholic Conference in the Diocese of Lansing. Therefore, 
there is data to back up every single thing that I'm saying. And if you've followed the bulletin, you've seen I put a bunch of articles and videos in the bulletin the last couple of weeks. And we have a lot of extra information on our table out there. But everything I'm saying is, go- is able to be backed up by the data. So point number one, remember the context. After the Dobbs decision came out in June that overturned Roe v. Wade, a coalition of pro-abortion groups, including Planned Parenthood and the ACLU, drafted this proposal for the state of Michigan. This draft is actually a, an amendment, a proposed amendment to the Constitution, which is very serious. You guys remember in 2020, when COVID broke out, how careful we were told we needed to be around other people? We need to wear our masks and be separated from people so that other people wouldn't get infected and wouldn't die from COVID? During two, the year 2020, and it's important for us to remember this, Planned Parenthood killed more people than COVID. This is a very important context for what's happening. They're pouring millions of dollars into the state of Michigan in order to get this passed. And as we recognize this, we need to say that, of course, they they got over 700,000 signatures to get this on the ballot. Well, how did they do that? Well, state law does not demand that people have to say what the proposal will do in the state of Michigan in order to get people to sign it. I truly believe that if this amendment is so extreme that when people know what it is, most people will reject it. And yet one of the challenges is, is that the 321 word amendment that would go into the state of Michigan constitution is nowhere on the ballot. In fact, what we have instead is a sanitized, nice sounding 95 word summary that an ordinary voter would not even know is a bad thing unless he read or she read the full proposal. And so what you're gonna see is proponents say, well, this is just simply making the Roe standard return to Michigan. We're just bringing the the standard of Roe v. Wade to Michigan. That's not even close. I'll explain a little little bit. Point number two, based on the language of the uh, proposed amendment, legal experts conclude that this amendment would allow abortion for any reason at any point in the pregnancy for a woman or a teen at any age. This is the language in Proposition 3. Every individual has a, prop, has a fundamental right to reproductive freedom. And it talks about other things. And it says, including contraception, sterilization, and abortion care. Key word here is individual. It does not allow, it does not make a distinction between teens and adults. It's individual. And so we begin to see the slippery slope in the Constitution of actually having to not be able to defend laws that actually prohibit these things happening for minors. What we see in the amendment also is that while it appears to allow for state regulation of abortion, it introduces a mental health exception for the mother that would allow for abortion for any practical reason up to birth. So it's very significant. The amendment changes the definition of of fetal viability to mean, quote, sustained survival outside of the uterus without the application of extraordinary medical measures. In other words, any newborn experiencing or that was born with a significant illness or disability could be defined as a non-viable child. That is, a baby who is born may be denied a ventilator. This is, in, this is infanticide. Point number three, this amendment entails the complete loss of parental rights in matters regarding sexuality for their children. 
Under this amendment, schools could provide hormones and other, other contraceptives without parental knowledge. Schools could give secret counsel to children who are gender confused. Teens could get abortions and sterilizations without parental knowledge, including partial birth abortions. Think of your children. Think of your grandchildren in a school in which you have no right to help and assist your child who's struggling in a very difficult situation. According to this amendment, you don't have the ability to intervene. Number four, this amendment would invalidate laws that protect women, children, and conscience. And the reason why this amendment would invalidate laws, it's very important, is what the amendment says regarding the so-called compelling state interest. This is the text of the amendment. An individual's right to reproductive freedom shall not be denied, burdened, nor infringed upon unless justified by a compelling state interest achieved by the least restrictive means. For those of you who are legally aware, like, oh, that, that sounds pretty good, except Later in the amendment, it defines down what a state compelling interest is in such a way that it severely restricts any other law from being enforced over this. This is really significant. So legal experts therefore say that the following laws that protect women and children and our conscience are at risk. I'm gonna go through the different laws and, and, uh, and on the website, I actually outline all the different laws that would be at risk because of this. Parental consent for abortion. Bans on employing, I'm sorry, bans on school employees helping children have abortion. Laws requiring parental consent for medical treatment related to pregnancy, including sterilizations and hormone therapy. Screening for women being coerced to have abortion. Health and safety requirements for abortion facilities. Requirement that only doctors perform abortions. Conscience protections for doctors and nurses who object to abortions. Bans on tax-funded abortions. That means we'd be forced to pay for this. And bans on statutory rape and incest. So you can tell this is not uh, a simple, you know, bringing back the Roe standard to Michigan. This is extraordinarily extreme. So what are we to do? My encouragement, first of all, is that we, we vote no on this proposal. But number two, that we, we share with other people how extreme this really is. And it's important for us to recognize that in addition to prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we have an opportunity to be clear with other people who have no idea what's going on. And there are people who aren't following this. There are, there are people who are in situations which none of this is even talked about. And so we want to help people to say no, to vote no. And it very clearly, our goal is not to convert people from being pro-choice to pro-life. I mean, that, that's, that's often a very complex reality in people's hearts, and there's a spiritual reality, there's, there's emotional stuff, there's, there's history, there's past. Our goal, our proximate goal, is to get people to vote no to this proposal. That's our goal. And that means that we could try to convince people that there are other ways by which we can get a moderate approach to abortion in Michigan. Not that any of us would want any allowance of abortion, but we can simply say, this is too extreme, too quick, let's wait for there to be some sort of legislation or some sort of compromise or, or, or process about this. Again, it's not like we would think that we want abortion in any circumstance to be allowed, but certainly that's not, we can say that there's a reasonable approach and we can do this, and this thing right here is not at all reasonable. And it's very important to stress when we talk to people that Proposition 3 does not restore the Roe status quo in Michigan. In fact, Roe versus Wade protected laws that this would invalidate. 
One of the things that we need to remember too, by all polling of Americans, the overwhelming majority of Americans, including those who are pro-choice, oppose late-term abortions, partial birth abortions, and safety, and there, there are four safety inspections of abortion clinics. This abortion amendment reverses all of that. Finally, I just want to say that something that I hesitate saying is that because this is such a clear issue, and it doesn't involve the prudence of voting for a particular politician and, and trying to guess what he or she would do, voting for this proposition would constitute a grave sin. In other words, because we would be cooperating in formal, we would be formally cooperating in the evil of abortion, if you knowingly and willingly vote for this prop proposition, you would be committing a mortal sin. Why do I hesitate saying that? Because that is not what we need to be sharing with people. I mean, certainly for us who are serious Christians, that, that means a lot. But our first thing that we say to people is we don't want to come across condemning or accusatory. You're committing a grave sin or you're sinning. That's not effective. But I say that to, to, to really relate to you how critically grave this situation is. If this amendment were to pass, total chaos would ensue around matters of sexuality and protection of women and children. So a few action items. There are two simple flyers that are being, being handed out at mass today. And these simple flyers are from the, 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 um, the coalition that's actually getting us to vote no for this. And these simple flyers have a lot of good information on it. I want you to take some of these flyers and I want you to look at them and then give them to other people to, to take this information and, and spread the information. Last week, um, we were, I mean, we were expecting this week to get a whole bunch of yard signs. So if you saw on our property, we have big proposal, vote no on proposal three on this side, on this side of the property. Um, we don't have the signs in right now. There's a kind of a, a supply chain thing. It'll be here next weekend. But next weekend, grab a sign, put it in your yard, be bold and say that this is too extreme and too confusing. I wanna challenge each of us to think of five people who otherwise wouldn't know about this amendment to tell about this amendment. Think of five people right now that maybe perhaps don't go to church or maybe, maybe your neighbors, maybe you, people, you don't know if they have anyone telling them about how extreme this is. Think of those five people and share this information with them. Again, you're not trying to convert them, you're just trying to help them see how extreme this is. Think about it. Around 2,000 people come to mass on this, uh, in, at this parish. Now, taking out children and counting all the people that come, if each of us reach out to five people we could impact 10, up to 10,000 people to vote against this. There's powers when we choose to, to act in, uh, in numbers. We also have a life chain today on Grand River here. We have a life chain. We're going to hold up signs just again to, to protest uh, this, this proposal. Um, that's at 1 p.m. And next Saturday, we have a lawyer from the Michigan Catholic Conference who's going to be giving a presentation at the PLC about the language in the proposal. So for, for anyone who might be questioning the legal kind of foundation for what the bishop is saying and what the Michigan Catholic Conference is saying, um, we'll have an opportunity to go deep into the 321-word amendment and why it would invalidate so many laws. St. Paul says, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. I know speaking about this might be difficult, but he also says, Paul says, do not be ashamed of our testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our testimony is that every single life matters. Every single life is precious. My brothers and sisters, we were born for this moment and Christians have always been on the forefront of fighting for civil rights. 
The worst thing we could do is do nothing. The best thing we can do is to not be quiet, to defend those who have no voices to defend themselves. Let's defeat Proposal 3 for the glory of God.